Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. Uh, it is good to see you in church uh, this morning. How are you all doing? Are we winning? We're winning. My name's Lisa. I'm the pastor here alongside my lovely husband, Liam. You may have noticed that Cy and Ali are with us this morning, uh, which is great. And um, uh, in fact, Cy, why don't you come and join me up here? I mean, Cy, you've not actually been here for probably about 10 months, I that's don't right. think. Uh, so there's probably a lot of new faces. That's right. I think the last time I came here was summer last year. So wow. either July or August, because I remember talking to Troy and he had a different job. And uh, so... Uh, He's had about three <laughs> since then. But, but that could have been any time of the year. <laughs> Absolutely. I, you must plan to come when we've got ice lollies. I think that's That's a good... right. Bacon, bacon sandwiches and ice yeah. lollies are why I've tried to time it. So um, for those of you that don't know, we are, um, we are One Church and we are One Church Podsmead and we're part of a network of churches called One Church, and Simon and Ali are the senior leaders of that, um, and, um, and we love you, and um, we're proud to serve alongside you and with you, and that's wonderful. And, um, but that's not your only role, but actually our church sits into something much bigger yeah. um, called AOG, Assemblies of God, um, which is a national denomination, and uh, you're quite a big part of that. So would you want to tell us a little bit about your role and yeah. what you've been up to? Yeah, of course, I'd love to. Um, so, uh, hey, welcome. It's nice to be here. And the uh, part, I'm bivocational. I do two jobs. Um, one is a job we'll talk a little bit about in my role in one church. But uh, within Assemblies of God, uh, I'm part of the national leadership team. So there's over a thousand leaders and 600 churches and my role in Assemblies of God is the leadership development uh, director. So uh, my responsibilities cover everything from um, Young Lions, yeah. and, uh, which most of you have heard of. Any Young Lions in the room? Give yeah. us a wave. Uh, we've, we've literally, in the last 12 months, launched something called Young Lions Juniors. Amazing. So this is, uh, this, this is helping... Uh, 11-year-olds, 12-year-olds, year 6, year 7, um, growing their leadership. Um, so we piloted a scheme uh, uh, last year, last September, yeah. and 60, uh, 50 or 60 uh, children came to that, uh, of which six came from one church. Yeah. So uh, Gloucester and Bristol were represented yeah. in that, and it's fabulous because they've been part of a, uh, a learning circle those six people learning about their faith learning leadership learning serving different mm. ways so what's really marvelous is this church has been part of the pilot of something that is in leadership development so and then the other thing that is uh, two more things that we do yeah. in leadership development is one is my responsibility is to train uh, leaders to get their status accreditation so you may or may not know that this young lady here Went through three years of training within the team that I run nationally and uh, passed. Hey. Remarkably. I know. <laughs> You're telling me, Si. 
<laughs> so, um, but the, to give you some context to that, uh, though we are currently training over 200 uh, leaders who are going through accreditation towards their ministry. And isn't that wonderful? Yeah. So, um, so there is, uh, that is part of my responsibility to do that. And there's something else I just want to give some credit as well. Is we, one of the things that I'm really uh, passionate about is our leaders keep on learning. Mm. And so designing a, a way, or we call it con- continuous professional development or lifelong learning, uh, making sure our pastors are upskilling or investing some time in their development so they can become better leaders, better pastors. And when we started that, I th- it was such a big concept, started from scratch. I thought, who can I get to help me on this? I thought, I know someone who knows a little bit about education. And Sue Steed, who's shrinking, Woo! the shrinking violet there. a wave, Sue. I, so, <laughs> so Sue graciously came and gave me a day with about uh, four or five other people who were educationalists or uh, doctors in theology or business leaders. And we sat in a room for a day and tried to map out this idea. How can you help 1,000 pastors become better pastors? And uh, I just want to say, um, I want to say to Sue, this week we launched the pilot of that plan. Like all that effort that's come, that actually happened this week just started. And uh, uh, so the pilot's with the, uh, a small group of 30 people, of which Lisa and Greg mm-hmm. are part of this pilot. So you can ask them, how are you getting on with your continuous professional development? Like, and if they go, what are you talking about? Come and tell me. <laughs> Because they'll be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, that, that's my passion, really, when it comes to leadership development, is to grow leaders, to help them to right. be as big and as uh, mm. fulfilled in their potential as much as possible. Mm. So Assemblies of God overall has, uh, resp- has responsible for church planting, for church health, for missions. And there's lots of things I could talk to you about mm. that. But that is my responsibility. Um, uh, f- with Assemblies of God. I yeah, thought. amazing. And I think it's really exciting because like, we can feel a, like sometimes we just turn up to this community centre and we're doing church, but actually part of our story is being sewn into a national picture and that's really exciting and it's kind of fun when we go to like the national conference and you can hear you can see little fingerprints of the things that we get up to week in week out like affecting other churches across the nation and that's really exciting I'm, I'm pleased to be a part of that yeah I just I, I never underestimate what what you're doing here yeah. uh, because there's things that sometimes we try things and they don't work and we go, it didn't work. Sometimes we do things, and what you think is normal is actually weird and yeah. wonderful to someone else. Yeah, right? that's true. And if I had time to tell you some of the things that we've just learned and, and we think are normal, like in many, many churches are, are just like inconceivable, the stuff they dream about. And, and I just want to say about this church. I came in 
What a team that were working together to get it set up. Like a real sense of unity. Well done, Troy, you were pulling people together. Uh, you got kids running around, but there was a sense of purpose, and this is what we're mm. about. Mm. And then when everybody started to come in and the food, like the food doesn't luckily end up on the plates. Like uh, People are turning up and making sure that's prepared for you. Not just that, they've gone to a shop. And purchased, or I assume they purchased it. Yes. Might have nicked it, as far as I know. That's how we roll. But but here's the point. What you consider normal is weird. It is. Elsewhere. There are people who would give their right arm to be part of what you're doing today. So if God is doing this in us today, imagine where he's Mm. taking us for the future. Absolutely. I'm, I'm... bursting with stuff to encourage you with but uh we'll get there let's see how long we get to (laughs) amazing isn't that cool to hear huh but obviously as i said earlier like we're one location of many locations of one church and like well plugged troy we are one is the best moment for us to gather it's um, as ali always says it's like christmas day where we all get together and and see how much the kids have grown and all those sorts of things so um which is awesome but tell us a little bit about what's been happening around the network over the last few months yes (coughs) well yesterday let's start with yesterday so all the pastors came together for what we call a vision and strategy day um, and uh, melted in, in yeah. the annex of the church in Gloucester. But what really, really blessed my heart is the stories mm. that were coming from Podsmead, that were coming from Canesham, that were coming from uh, Gloucester, that were coming from Bristol, that were coming from Zimbabwe as well. Come on. Kennedy was online with us. Like, isn't that fantastic what you can do now? Like a 2D version of him sitting there just smiling and every now and again guffawing. And uh, <laughs> like, it was just wonderful just to beat this energy that was happening around the room. Like, and uh, Canesham, Canesham is a church that's on steroids. Like, it literally, everything you think, oh, that's a lot of work. Uh, for some reason, Canesham go, we do that and we do this as well. Like, they just seem to be telling story after story yeah. of breakthrough in people's lives. And, and the, like, in such a short space of time, they've been able to connect within the community and, and add amazing. value to the community that they're working in. So their, their hall is uh, about the same size in mm. terms of length, mm-hmm. but they lose about a third. So it's like very long and thin. So if you sit at the back, you need binoculars to sit, see <laughs> the front. Uh, but they, are, they engage every Sunday like we engage here on a Sunday. Passionate people about seeing the uh, kingdom of God come onto, into the earth. So Chris and Anna lead that. Uh, and they, they, are, they are totally on fire. Yeah. Want to see God break through in that situation yeah, there. Are. Um, so Chris works part-time as a builder or, you know, he f- makes fences and Handy puts patios man. down. Handyman, that kind of stuff. So he has to balance his time there. So we pray for him mm. and he's got four girls. That's the four thing you really need to pray daughters. for. Four daughters. So I think he, when he comes up to Gloucester on a Monday, I think he just comes for respite <laughs> to work on a team on a Monday. So that's uh, came to Bristol. Uh, one of the successes of Bristol over the last year is what they call crèche and carry. 
Croatian carry. So the, the church there is in a very needy community, similar to where we are in Podsmead here. Uh, and the church donates stuff for kids, uh, everything from Johnson's baby powder, nappies, stuff for kids. Uh, and they donate. And then they have a Croatian carry day where people come in and have a coffee time together. And then they, they give this stuff to the community in terms of uh, uh, to help them in the needs that awesome. they have. So this is not just turn up and grab stuff. This is a, a time of community yeah. and connection. And through yeah. this, they've seen people join the church. That's, that's their big success story that they've got there. That's Mike and Danny there. Uh, Mike is doing a master's degree in theology at the moment. So please pray for Danny because <laughs> he is just being a, a big drama queen at the moment about all that. <laughs> so then uh, let's hop True. over to, to Gloucester. Yeah. So uh, back, we had to make some change in Gloucester, which meant my role shifted. And so I've been working with the team there. And we've got uh, four people on that team, Simon, Tom, Amy and Nathan. And we call ourselves Stan. So we have stand meetings and stand leadership, and it, yeah, uh, for those who get it, it's, it's we get a smile. Those who don't get it, they go, "Who's Stan? Like, uh, <laughs> when's Stan going to turn up?" And uh, but I just I just want to report that Tom, Amy, and Nathan are really growing into their leadership fantastically, mm-hmm. uh, and that it's enabled them to really focus on uh, development of the discipleship pathway, which you'll be aware of, which is encounter grow and go and to be able to fix some of those areas that have been a little bit broken but over the last nine months the church has grown fantastically and and Mm. we're we're just thanking Jesus for God's blessing on on that there so the two so we've got a problem both services are full and our biggest problem is we have a hundred children turning up over two services yeah so those that that is that is our biggest problem so we've got to start a third service just for the kids right so this is this is a challenge for for us in Gloucester like what are we what are we going to do there so um just a quick roundup of what's going on in that situation Nathan and Amy are doing a master's degree as well so they are oh they, they are just difficult to live with. Mm. And, uh, but that's all going to be over by the summer, and, uh, and we're moving into that. And lastly, but not least, remember Zimbabwe? Come on, So amazing. Zimbabwe now has four churches, which is Rusapi, uh, Zindoga, Kadakariki, and a place that I can't pronounce yet, <laughs> which is the newest church. I was church. really hoping you were going to go for oh, it. Oh, well, what I should do, I should just do it really confidently, and you'd never know. Because nobody's going to know. Dink. And uh, the church in Nicaradink is really doing very well at the moment. Like, it's got 15 people, but it's only been going six months. Nicaradink. Please pray for Nicaradink. And even God will go, what? Where? <laughs> so remember, but here's the, here, two things are really exciting about that. Uh, Kennedy and their youth pastor, Webster, who are mm. coming to We Are One yeah. this October. Webster has never been out of the country before and he's got a passport for the first time. He's so proud of his passport. So imagine what it's going to be like for that. So he's going to come across. Our youth leaders are going to connect with Webster and we have a team of six people going out to Zimbabwe next year to run a youth and children's conference in Zimbabwe. So here's some quick things that are happening around the country. Amazing. Amazing. So, so good. Isn't it exciting? It's good to hear all the things that are happening, right? 
And, um, and the great news is, is Webster's an amazing dancer. And so is Tom, And apparently. so is Tom. And Liam. And Pastor Liam. So Liam, yeah, so Tom and Webster are yeah, going to have a dance, dance off at We Are One. At We Are One. <laughs> so if you don't get yourself to We Are One, you are going to be- miss the best moment. God is going to turn up like in a cloud and hopefully cover up the dance moves, except Webster. That's exciting. It's really exciting. Um, and well, talking of We Are One then, um, last year at We Are One, you kind of... Um, opened up your vision for, for where we are as a church and what we're um, going after. And it was this whole idea of creating spaces for people to encounter Jesus, to make disciples and raise leaders who plant churches, repeat. Um, and this idea of it like circling and keep going and keep going. And, um, and we all like caught that and we're terrified and excited all at the same time. And um, why don't you tell us a little bit about like unpack that a little bit and, and how that applies to us, I suppose, here. Yeah, very good. Uh, I, 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 just, I want us to just keep repeating that all the time. Create spaces for people to encounter Jesus. Disciple people to serve their world. Uh, raise leaders and plant churches and then repeat this and repeat this. Uh, so let me just unpack some of those things a little bit. Um, so uh, creating spaces, people have asked me, what's the difference between creating spaces and planting churches? It's a good question, really. Well, if you, if you plant a church, you will have created a space. But it's not necessary you create a space that actually ends up as a church. So you could create a space, for example... Why can't we have two services here? That would yeah. be creating space for people to encounter Jesus, but not necessarily planting a church, right? Or you may put a, an alpha in a coffee shop, for example. Yeah. Like, think creatively about uh, the spaces that you can, we can use mm. to help people encounter Jesus. The key thing here is... It, not joining a club, it's Jesus who changes our life. Yeah, it, we, Where would we be without Jesus? Right? It's Jesus who changed our life. So we've got to be constantly thinking evangelistically, like have some faith to go, what if we had some space here? Like, so, you know, uh, the, the cafe yeah. space, there's all sorts of spaces. Think about ways. If we've got a space, how can we help people encounter Jesus? Now, encountering Jesus is not always stand on a platform and pointing, I encounter Jesus. You just live like Jesus and people will catch uh, like the, the heart of Jesus through the way you live, right, and the way you talk. So that um, discipling people, uh, this is something we're going to be working on over the next uh, 18 months because discipleship is less about individualism and it's certainly not about groups. Groups are important, don't, don't hear, and certainly we do need a personal walk with Jesus, but it's how mm. we receive the Father's love. Mm. I, and remember, uh, Holly was talking about this. Here's our principal uh, act, that, we, that Jesus mm. loves us and we love Jesus. There's this. Mm. Uh, but if that's all what it is, we may as well get saved and go straight to heaven. Mm. Right, but even when Adam walked with Jesus and had the perfect relationship, what did God say about Adam? It's not good for man to be alone. Because we're created for community. Created for community. So you, in our relationship, um, you have to have this heavenly connection, and, which is vertical, and then this 
horizontal connection with people around you. Mm. And, and what we've got to learn to do, and, and, and we'll pack, unpack yeah. this over time, is yeah. this idea of uh, when, when, we, when God breaks through in our lives, uh, to be able to share honestly with what's going on in our lives with people around us. Uh, otherwise, it becomes just this private thing. Mm. And God hasn't designed your faith to be private. He's designed your faith to be in community and accountable with someone else. So, um, yeah, so, oh, so much to say about this. Like, but learn to share with one another good stuff and bad stuff when God talks to you so you have an accountable relationship. So when we're discipling people, we are literally as followers of Christ, helping people to be followers of Christ. Mm. If you remember this, you do all right. Talk to someone mm. who doesn't know Jesus about Jesus and talk to someone who does know Jesus about Jesus. Mm. If you do those two things every day, you'll be all right as a disciple. Come on. All right? Talk to someone who doesn't know Jesus about Jesus and talk to someone who does know Jesus about Jesus and then you will find that you will grow in your faith. So that's discipling others. So we'll learn to do that over the coming months. Don't worry, I'm I'm not going to test you next week. I'm not coming (laughs) back next week. Uh, The the third thing is raising leaders. Uh, If you you are going to grow a vision bigger than where, where you are, you have to have a pipeline of leadership. And we're, we're talking about, as I've mentioned already, how do we grow children in leadership? How do we grow young people in leadership? How do we grow our leaders in leadership? How do we help our leadership teams and our location pastors grow in leadership? How do we help you grow in your leadership? Yeah. And we're thinking through ways that help and expand that. Because if you raise leaders, mm-hmm. it will help you plant churches. Yeah, come on. I, Every one of us like, found Jesus because someone planted a church somewhere. Is that right? So here's, here's the thing. Here's, here's our challenge. One church pods meet. One church pods meet has to think and have some faith to plant a church. Well, we have, we've never thought about that before. We've thought about us being the plant. But if you, if you put a cherry tree, if you plant a cherry tree and you nurture it to grow, what are you hoping will happen? You'll get some cherries. And inside those cherries are seeds. Storms. I'll take any of those. <laughs> inside the, those stones, seeds, is the potential of another tree okay so either you enjoy the fruit of your cherry tree and say praise the lord or you recognize there's a responsibility that comes with the fruit and i think i let's 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 just contrast that for a moment do you know when you get your grapes from asda lidl morrison's sainsbury's depends how much money you got (laughs) Uh, when's the last time you bought it bit into a grape and actually hurt your tooth on a seed. Do you know what they've done? They've genetically they've engineered the fruit to remove the seed because it's easier to eat your grapes that way. 
Like when I was in Spain, I had one of those big luscious grapes last year. Bit into it. It had a seed. I was complaining all day. <laughs> Who put this seed inside the grape? Because I've got used to a, a grape without seed. And church, if we're not careful, becomes a grape without seed. We enjoy the flavour, the sweetness, the worship, the togetherness, and forget there's a little bit of awkwardness left in our mouth that we're supposed to do something with. Now, if we can grasp that, then every single church that we plant will think about planting a church. Have you got that? Yeah. So uh, Lisa and Liam and Ali and I have been talking about this idea. How does one church, Podsmead, plant a church? Mm. We don't know. We but in, know Gloucester, in Gloucester at the moment, we're practicing this. So I've said, we're going to go and plant a church. They went, where? Tewkesbury. So we're going to plant a church in Tewkesbury. Right, we have. We've started doing it already. And people are saying, how's that going to work? I say, I don't know. I've just got a seed stuck in my teeth and I've got to do something with it. So I've gone to Tewkesbury. Right, and tonight, right, all we've done for the last six months is we've gone and prayed. We've hired the town hall in Tewkesbury, which sounds very grandiose, but it's actually smaller than this room. Right, gone into Tewkesbury and started praying. Now, if, you, if you're free tonight, you can come yeah. and join us at 6 o'clock in the town hall at Tewkesbury. All we're doing is praying. What do you want us to do in Tewkesbury? But my conviction is this. God wants to put a church in Tewkesbury. So how do we do that? Well, when I come back next time, I'll tell you. Because <laughs> I'm just figuring it out. Here's, here's, the thing, here's the three things I think we need. Number one, you need a faith-filled person. Number two... They need to have a fireplace and a fridge. Go on. If you're a faithful person with a fireplace and a fridge, then you're a candidate to help plant a church. In other words, you believe God can do something. You've got a space where people can meet. And number three, you don't mind doing a bit of hospitality. I think we can start churches with just that. And the possibility would be incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, just before we... And there's a word God's given me. Yeah, go for it. And I'm not sure whether it's for individuals as the church. I, but as we were praying pre-service, I want to share this with you. I saw a river, a fast-flowing river. And uh, there was a, a twig about that big. Right? And it got caught in an eddy. Mm-hmm. So an eddy is where the water has just caught in a little bit of a vortex. So the, the twig is going round and round in circles in the, uh, in, in, the, in the vortex there. So the river is flying along and it's dangerous and exciting and cascading down towards who knows what's in the future. Right? Right. But the, the twig is caught in this eddy. It's just going round and round. Now here's the thing. Is the water fresh? Yes. It's not stale. Is the water drinkable? Yes. There's nothing wrong with the water. It's just Mm. you're not supposed to be there. Mm. You're supposed to be in the middle of the river. Same water. One's going somewhere and it's scary and dangerous 
The other is same water, but just going, treading in the circle. And I felt those, either as a church or as individuals, here's my challenge to you. You're going to have to jump out the eddy. <laughs> the eddy's not going to spew you out. And I think some of you, like, you were grateful for the eddy because you, got, you hit a rock because it was too dangerous and it, you got hurt and the river just punished you a That's little good. bit and you found yourself in the edge. Like, and you're going, oh, it's, it feels like an oasis. And God, by his grace, has said, That's fine. But it's only for a season for you to heal and get your breath back. And now's the time to push out again. It's time to push out again. Time to push out again. And in your head you're going, that's going to hurt. Yes. But there's far more exciting stories here than there is here. The faith stories start here, not here. So it you're not backslidden. God hasn't rejected you. You're still in the river. But it's time to get into out the safe space into the adventure space. Now, this is what we call a Kairos word. And if your heart is beating as I'm speaking, this is God speaking to you. The next thing that happened, your head goes, shut up, shut up, shut up. And you have this wrestle between yourself. And but what you must do is write down, I, I know God is speaking to me. And this is where discipleship comes in. Yeah. You speak to someone and say, yeah. God spoke to me here. And I know I've got to get out of the eddy and into the white water. Yeah. And they'll go, how are you going to do that? And you're going to go, that's for you to work out. But you can work out with someone how to do that. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. I feel God's spoken to some people. Just give me a little wave if, if that's connected with you this morning. Yeah, thank you. That's good. That's great. Fab fabulous. Awesome. I don't want to ask you another question. But I want to just say thank you for what you've like been leading us in and through. And, um, and just like your prophetic voice into us as a church. And consistently making us get out of the eddy. Um, and, uh, you know, it struck me this week, um, I was just chatting to Maya, and Maya just said to me, Mummy, who, who planted the church that we're in? And I said, you did. You were there right from the beginning. You did. You planted that church. She said, did I? I said, yeah, you did. And, um, and it just made me think, like, it's in our DNA. It's in our DNA and sometimes we don't even realise that we're doing it and we're a part of it. But there's moments like this, like when Sai's saying, don't get stuck in the eddy, don't get stuck in the eddy, where we go, okay, it's time, time to step out, step out again, whether that's church planting, creating spaces, making disciples, raising leaders, whatever it is in our world, like just as he highlighted, Sue using her gift and her skill to do something that is being having a national effect. And 
Each one of us, God has given us amazing gifts and skills and abilities, and he's sending us. You know, um, Liam has been saying week on week as we leave, I'm sure he's going to do it today, he blesses us and he sends us out because we're not just here gathering and enjoying it, but we are sent people into our worlds with all the things that we've got in our hands to say, here you go, God, let this bring glory to you. And I want to remind you of that. I want to rem- just like I had to remind Maya, you planted that church. Like God is using you in your world right now um, to give Him glory and honor. So, thank you, Simon, this morning. Go on. Amazing, amazing. Let's give some honor to Sai.